Hello, and welcome to the Zircona Growth Insights Podcast, bringing clarity to the complexities of consumer behavior. Episodes feature industry experts, partners, and guests across the 26 industries we track, representing nearly $4 trillion in global consumer spending. Our goal is to give you transformative insights and the most complete view of consumer and market opportunities. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Growth Insights Podcast. I'm your host, Joan Driggs, and today's episode is part of our Fresh Pulse series. And this, this week, we are featuring Jana Parker, uh, principal of Circana's Fresh Center of Excellence. Anna Marie is on an airplane. <laughs> um, so Jana, the August results just came out and you're talking about inflation. You're talking about how we shop, um, all the things that are changing. And I think that what struck me, honestly, was the inflation number versus pre-pandemic, which is 20% higher because in some categories, we know inflation is up more than 30% versus a couple years ago. So I thought that that was an interesting thing, both um, illustrating the softening of inflation, which is great news, but also the differences across the store. So I'm hoping that you can touch on that a little bit. Yeah, it's been interesting. I've been so thankful this summer that I've been able to be out at several conferences for the fresh industry, as well as getting, you know, we exciting news here at Circana is, you know, as we've been making changes and we've been coming closer together, um, I am part of the perimeter vertical, as we call it, which is all things on the side of the store. We really organize the full fresh foods group. And I've been so lucky to go out with our, our set of clients we've kind of hand selected to partner with in this fresh foods group to accelerate insights in specifically produce and deli and bakery, meat and seafood. And so I've gotten really close with some folks and been able to hear their perspective on the information. And what I think is so interesting, whether I'm talking with companies who play in the fresh vegetable space, obviously different commodities in meat, whether they be packaged meat or fresh meat, and even in some of the deli categories, like certain cheeses or traditional lunch meats in the deli, the theme that I hear at both retail buying desks and manufactured desks is I'm not seeing the unit movement and specifically that that unit movement continues to erode, even in situations where they feel month over month, their price points have started to come down. We know that promotions did come back, especially in the meat industry this past summer. But what we found about those promotions, right, if you think about it, let me just step back a minute. A lot of retailers were promoting, especially supermarkets who have a high-low strategy, right? That traditional uh, have an everyday price, and then sometimes you go above the base price, and sometimes you go below, but really you're trying to go below to drive foot traffic. As the fresh foods channel share continues to erode, and we talked with many retailers who have seen an even deeper erosion of their market share in fresh foods that they thought were their unique market, as we continue to see that erode and the commodity prices eased in many situations, supply chain woes have, have um, been less pervasive. A lot of retailers said, okay, I'm going to promote more. Won't that drive my foot traffic back? And the answer, especially in fresh commodity like produce and meat, is it didn't. And furthermore, what's so interesting about the inflationary situation is let's take meat, for instance. Meat is one of the first places, especially fresh meat, 
where the price points of inflation started to hit the consumer first. So even in the summer of 21, we're now at least, you know, almost two years past when the meat prices started to go up because of supply chain pressure. We still see lasting effects two years later in how people shop for meat changing. And what we've seen, there was a trend that started in the late 21 and has continued right through, you know, August of 23, is people being very conscious of how many pounds they buy. So you can still promote meat, but your lift may not be there if the number one way, by the way, we asked an August survey, what's one of the ways you've changed your shopping habits in light of the inflationary pressures? One of the top things, more than 40% of people said that they are buying less volume, especially of fresh meat. Well, they're also buying products that help them stretch the meal. So think about ground beef or different types of chicken that, you know, maybe they're not used to. Um, You know, I know that there's like thighs might be a little bit cheaper or even the mix packs where you've got like the whole bird cut up. So it's not just the breasts, which tend to be a little bit pricier. Well, chicken overall price per pound, that's what's so interesting about meat and how we make dinner. We've done a lot of work in our August Top Trends and Fresh and and throughout, I've really gone deep since probably late July, I noticed this different shopping pattern. We talked about it last month. More trips to more stores and buying just what you need to try to keep that basket size of what you spend on that grocery trip low. And the Arguably, the department who has had the most material change is the meat department because of this new shopping pattern. And to your point, Joan, when we first looked at the prices of meat going up in 21, really throughout most of 22, folks had a cut or a meal in mind, and they purchased that cut for that meal, but they only bought what they needed for that meal. Again, trying to only buy what you need. A meat average, let's get the exact number here from our monthly client exclusive deck, The average price, when someone buys something from the meat department, they are spending on average $6.39. When they buy something from the produce department, it's an average of $2.60. That's triple. So meat is one of the places where consumers automatically know whatever the, they don't maybe know the price of bacon week to week or, but they know that if they're going to invest in a meat, whether it be packaged or fresh, that's a sizable portion of their total basket, right? And therefore that decision-making becomes far more conscious at the store because a bad decision in the meat department might be losing you eight to $10, right? As opposed to having one apple that goes bad is 99 cents. So I think that's why the meat department has seen the most material change. And again, going back to your point about chicken, what we've seen to be true is even though the price we know as data statisticians or meat marketers or meat retailers, that the prices have actually come down. The average price per pound of most proteins is below its 2022 level. However, it is one of those that's still probably up 10 to 15% versus 2020 and even 2019. However, what's so interesting in that is it's not so much about the week to week or year over year price. It's what we would call in our analytics group, the threshold. And I think what happened with a lot of meat cuts and this hyper fixation on feeling like the price of food at the grocery store is just too high. All of a sudden that $6.99 a pound is seen with a different lens. And chicken wins in that fight, regardless of what the price is. We've actually found that the price of chicken, when you look at it over time, has gone up the most, but it still remains the cheapest cut per pound. 
that you can invest relative to beef or pork. We've also seen some interesting trends. I was just out talking with one of our really great clients who plays in the packaged meat sector this week. And, you know, we've actually seen some real strong buoyancy in the Frankfurters or hot dogs market. Because if you think about it, if you want to put protein on the table and you want to cheap protein, getting creative with a hot dog or a chicken thigh is a great way to do it. Ground beef also remains incredibly buoyant. But here's what's different about this year than past years of price inflation. Versatility is key. So I think chicken isn't just that America, yes, we love chicken. By the way, if you watch TikTok recipes or Instagram reels, a lot of the recipes are chicken-based. And a lot of that, if you hear the chefs or even just the home chefs who are making these videos, they talk about chicken's value and flexibility. Many of the recipes talk about how easy it is to take one package of chicken breast and make multiple meals out of it. Yeah, when you yeah, buy a steak or a roast, right? It's not as easy to freeze, reheat, making different, different meals. And I think that's why chicken, you know, we found in our top trends and fresh that all three types of chicken, whether it be raw, fully, you have to do everything from trim it <laughs> to get it, you know, it's completely raw, the commodity chicken. Then there's value added chicken, which is where you save one step. Maybe it's already diced or it's already marinated. That's actually doing pretty well relative to other value adds. And really one of the things that I don't think we talk enough about is how deli prepared chicken is no longer just about the hot rotisserie chicken. Most major retailers now do a booming business in their shredded, cooked, refrigerated chicken. In fact, as a shopper, I was at Walmart this past weekend and I noticed that both they, as well as my local Albertsons, now offer not just pre-packaged shredded rotisserie chicken, they offer like three sizes and two flavors. So all of a sudden, chicken, whether I cook it, whether I take a step save or it's already, it is so much easier than any other protein. So I want you to pause because I don't want to let that thread get away because I've got okay. a lot to say about convenience, but I want to go back to something that you said earlier about promotions in the meat mm -hmm. department, not mm -hmm. really having the lift and listening to you. Could it be because people are so focused on the purchase for the meal that the promo doesn't matter? Or could it be like total CPG in, in general where promotions are up, but the depth just really isn't there? Or is it a combination of that? It's so, thank you for pausing on that and talking about it. I know we just collaborated with the Produce Podcast to go deep into, or the Produce Retail Podcast. We have a blog coming out about produce and promotions, but I want to talk about meat on this one because you're spot on. First of all, just to give folks the numbers, we're seeing about 30% of meat department sales promoted in the year-to-date period. That's a third of all sales. And actually, when we dived into this summer, we specifically did a deep dive for our clients on Labor Day. I was seeing a lot of promotion happening in, you know, chicken was only about 29%, but pork was 42% of pork cuts were promoted in the two weeks and the week of Labor Day. So that's a lot of promotion. It's up year over year in all of the major proteins, beef, chicken, and pork for the Labor Day run-up. We saw the same thing at 4th of July. Retailers who'd maybe seen their everyday foot traffic maybe being lost to big box stores, discount club, they were kind of going to use hot price promotions on meat to drive that foot traffic at the occasion. But the theory, which is very common, oh, when folks are going to grill out with their friends or entertain, 
they're going to want to go to the traditional grocer who was a butcher and they're going to want that variety and that experience. But I think what is why we're seeing less lift, which by the way, on all of the major proteins, we saw less lift this year in the Labor Day season and overarchingly through the year, lift is on average slightly declining, really down in several cuts. Not so much ground beef and chicken breast, but a lot of that's being subsidized. And here's why, as you were saying, I feel like the war for today's food dollar is not about the weekly ad. It's about winning the long game. And so we've been talking a lot on our, you know, again, being blessed with being able to travel so much and meet with people. The pervasive story I've heard us do as consumers that then immediately subscribes to the data is because of the rise of digital preparation for shopping, a lot of the purchase patterns that we're seeing happen is, first of all, people are using digital apps to load card deals. That has now overtaken the weekly circular, either online or paper, as how you research where you're going to shop that week. Hey, that's a big investment that retailers have made in that, right? They've made it. But what's so interesting about it is we were talking with ourselves in the industry and looking at the consumer data, I believe very strongly that a lot of folks first choose a consideration set of where they've been willing to go for that trip. Because remember, you may be hitting three to four, even five or six stores in a week. So when you go, a lot of those are just quick trips. A lot of those, as we've seen, especially in fresh, now almost 30% of all trips for fresh foods for the perimeter foods are quick trips, which a lot of that isn't research. A lot of it's I'm on my way home and I need this one thing. And it's all about what else is around the one thing. But when it comes back to the role of promotion and digital advertising, I think what we're finding is somebody then is saying, I have this meal in mind. And if I'm going to go to Safeway or I'm going to go to Target or I'm going to go to um, a different retailer, many of them now, you know, the best way to get a deal is to load it to your app. We've trained consumers of that in the last three to five years. I don't walk into a Target, honestly, in my own life without going through my circle and adding the, the things. But what ends up happening is, Unless I'm in the moment, I might add a bunch of deals I don't convert on. Yeah. Because I don't even remember that I did that deal. And I think that's where I just want to focus that if you never even made in the consideration set, and let's say you've got your um, Angus beef patties, you know, on some super deal because you want to drive foot traffic for Labor Day, but you weren't even in the consideration set, no one saw you had that deal. And even then, if they got you, where did it fall in the app? Because what is happening, I think, where CPG is winning this battle better than fresh, CPG is recognized, embraced digital and in-store, and even their own promotions that aren't about trade deals. They're about evoking a feeling of, don't you want, you know, Dave's killer bread? (laughs) And then that's a whole different thing. You know what I've noticed um, in creating a big report that we've got coming out at the end of the month is that consumers are shopping fewer channels, like fewer stores. And and really it's fewer stores. It's all across our multi-outlet plus convenience, but where they're, you know, they used to shop six or eight stores, maybe they're shopping four or fewer. And I think, Jonna, that you're helping me wrap my brain around that a little bit. It's not just the pandemic. It's a lot of these digital things. Like, where do I have the app? Where, Where am I looking in my own personal computer um, to see where the deals are to fulfill whatever's on my basket. Okay. Consideration set. And real quick on that, I just want to point out what's different about Fresh, what's different about this decade, isn't so much the digital. It's that Fresh, good quality Fresh, especially if you ask people under age 40, 
Walmart, Costco, Trader Joe's, Aldi have always been grocery stores in their eyes. Whereas I think the misnomer that I've heard and seen of those of us who are over age 40, we believe that supermarkets, because of its variety, its longstanding place, you know, you could buy a box of, of Lucky Charms anywhere, and it's the same box of Lucky Charms. Fresh has started to be ubiquitous. And so you can get, you know, this year with cherry season, cherries, fresh, great cherries, even Rainier tiered cherries, that higher quality variety we're everywhere. Mm -hmm. So if someone has always thought of Walmart or Aldi or Costco as a place to get meat and produce, that's their consideration set, no matter what you do in supermarkets. Well, and I think it's things like that, you know, like having that um, special or notable fresh item pop out because you've, you've mentioned this many times that people are increasingly wanting to do all their shopping like at Walmart to get the best prices. And as they increase their fresh and people have good experiences with fresh at these stores, then that, like, like you said, it just kind of all these channels just kind of, you know, melt together, if you will. It really does. And the one thing about fresh, again, remember folks want to use up everything that they buy when it has an expiry date. It's really one of the powers of us aggregating the perimeter departments and my colleagues in dairy and and bakery, we talk a lot. And one of the things we found this year that's consideringly escalating is if you're very clear about the shelf life or the multiple ways to use the item, that is a huge motivator to buy more fresh foods. And I think that's different than in center store. We know that people aren't stocking as big of pantries, but you can't stock pantry load on fresh foods, right? So I think being very clear about the number of servings and the multiple uses Walmart also really does a nice job on when even their fresh items are, are best buy. That's the kind of motivator in today's environment. Um, so I want to pick back up the thread on convenience because you were talking about, you know, deli or the fresh prepared and, and things that are on offer. And yeah. I couldn't help but notice like when you published like, those top categories, so many of them really lean towards convenience. You know, I'm thinking of everything from um, perimeter cakes, deli prepared meats, as you just mentioned, deli entrees, deli sandwiches. Um, I could go on and on. There refrigerated so dough has popped up this month, which I thought was so cool. Refrigerated yeah. doughs in the dairy department. Yeah. What's that about? I mean, honestly, that to me is, that's a little bit more personal, maybe elevating the occasion, but Talk to me a little bit about this rise. It's not necessarily a rise. We've always liked convenience, but the fact that it's trending so high in these sales areas. I will, you know, we already talked about the channel shifting, but I always bring, when everyone asks me to speak on anything, it's a joke I make now. I will always talk about channel shifting as we covered here. And I will always talk about the surprises that are in the absolute dollar sales growth categories because a lot of times when we speak here at Circana and you do a nice job of this in your Consumer Connect, Joan, you talk about so many macroeconomic factors. And in my work with clients, most clients are absolutely thinking about not just the retail macroeconomic factors, but of course the consumer, right? The cost of housing, the, you know, we just heard again the news this morning is there may be another government shutdown, right? There's so much impactful news, even if the rate of inflation starts to slow, we are still living in a very difficult time to be able to afford anything to live. And in light of all that, you'd immediately think if you're a statistician, you'd go into the data and you'd see things that are the cheapest versions of their foods do incredibly well. But we're humans. 
And I'd say again, we one of the things that I love that I talk a lot about since we've done it was the research as we met with folks like Darren Seifer from the uh, Legacy NPD who's done a lot of work on consumption patterns and a lot of work on what people are doing out of the home. And I've reflected with folks like Sally Lyons Wyatt and myself on the work we do in the home and what people are buying at retail. What we found across Circana is when it comes to a meal, especially dinner, right? There's really so much more than price that goes into it. In fact, price to the consumer is more thought of as a buy serving or by the number of occasions as it is the actual dollar value. You've seen even in, you know, service deli meat, talk about the number of sandwiches that a pound of deli meat can get. That is right at the arm of the value price that the consumer's thinking. But the other piece of why I believe very strongly that convenience is having a moment in light of inflation is the other factors we don't talk about is what is my experience? Can I buy all these ingredients and end up with a meal that tastes pretty darn good? Or am I basically going to waste this? I'm going to do all this, you know, experience. I don't have the experience to make the marry me chicken that's all over TikTok, which by the way, I tried to do last Sunday and I don't have the experience to make that taste well, <laughs> even though it looks so easy. And that is a product, by the way, that uses chicken. And that recipe is something like 15 ingredients. So it's an example of where I invest in all these ingredients. I didn't have the experience to make it well. The other piece is time, but not time in minutes, time in energy. And that's what I think the difference is. The number one health concern among the majority of American households, especially those in our target market of prime child rearing years, you know, let's say people who are uh, 30 to 45, their number one health complaint right now is stress. So it's experienced. I buy all these ingredients and it tastes good for me and my family, but it's also energy. How can I end up with something after a long day, a stressful day? I remember the days of the pandemic when I had more time and more me time, and now I'm back in the rat race. That experience and energy is actually playing out, I think, why we see things like deli-prepared meats becoming so popular. What was the barrier to a lot of people buying fully cooked rotisserie chicken? I didn't want to debone it. Oh, you deboned it for me? Sure, in my head, it's maybe more price per pound than buying raw chicken breast, but oh my gosh, experience and energy, boom, done. <laughs> so a lot of the recipes now, I think those pre-cooked meats, if the taste is there and the price point is astronomical. On the flip side, one of the convenience categories that I think really ties together both things we've talked about today is fresh salad kits. Worked with some great, you know, I'm, I'm back in the middle of produce this summer and I love produce, it's actually where I got my career start in 2003. And I'm working with many of those same companies 20 years later. And what we found this summer in today's inflationary environment in convenience produce, let's think about salad kits. You can hit a price threshold. And that price threshold, even though you're offering convenience and health and kits and pre-bagged, pre-washed lettuce is still a very buoyant category. In fact, lettuce overall, both fully heads, but especially including the kits, anything leafy greens and lettuce is still adding almost, has added almost $150 million this year. But units are soft. And what we found as we got into the retailer by retailer analysis was some retailers are just charging too much. So I don't want to give anyone the impression that if you're looking at this list where you see things about deli prepared meats, deli entrees, deli sandwiches, perimeter donuts, lettuce and salads, and you're thinking, okay, people want that. I'm going to just charge for it. There is a price threshold. Many retailers, especially in the supermarket face, have, have hit and honestly, that price threshold, that price that is now in a consumer's mind is set by big box retailers. 
And if the big box retailer is at a price point for that ubiquitous, you know, think about packaged salad and even now deli sandwiches. Yes, the actual quality of the ingredients might be different once you get at home. But when you're out shopping, if it's $4.99 at Walmart and it's $6.99 somewhere else, you don't see that today. And that's why convenience, time, energy, savings has a price point by which people won't cross. But that price point isn't, hey, what is the raw version? That price point is what do other retailers charge for things that are of similar value? And that goes back to a very common topic that we talk about all the time is what is the consumer's perception of value? So I love that. I love that you're talking about, you know, convenience having its moment and tying in the experience and the energy consumed so that people are avoiding stress. That's pretty brilliant. Um, I was, again, so interested to hear what you had to say about promos and how they're not quite getting the lift. And that's because I think, as you rightly call out, people are turning to being very focused on what they're trying to get, regardless of what's on promo, because they know what they, they want to use up completely. And it might be that um, people are still looking for deals, but they're probably looking for them on that store app. And that speaks to or, or addresses my you know query about the fact that people are shopping fewer stores than they were before. It's like, I think that you mentioned it. It's like, are you part of the consideration set? So that's super important. So this has been great. Um, again, love the whole convenience thing. I know we'll be talking more about this, especially because in September, that's like fully on back to school. Um, we know more people are returning to work. So I'll be interested, interested to see how these things continue to evolve. Um, so with that, Jana, thanks again for your time. And I'll talk to you next month. Thanks so much, Joan. It's been fun. And next month, Anna Maria will be back. So I'm sure she'll have some great point of view on the upcoming holidays as well. Oh, for sure. We're already tracking that. Where did the year go? Oh my exactly. God. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the Zirconic Growth Insights podcast so you don't miss an episode. And let us know what you'd like us to cover. We'll serve it up in a future episode. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to review Zirconic Growth Insights. Want to learn more? Visit us at zircona.com and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn.